See, Travis is good as as the cold open guy because he he'll usually have some something. So, yeah, maybe that's it. We didn't some sort of like prepare movie a news. Bit. Yeah. Or... Oh shit! I actually do have something that that uh, we could do. Okay. Okay. Um, have you heard about Army Hammer? Uh, yes, sort of. What's been he's going like, on with him? He's got like so. Okay. Okay. Is he? <clears throat> the cannibal shit is it like is that implied based on statements that he said or is it like has uh, he... there's some there's some text messages i read them a while ago yeah there's some text messages and it's like a, it's he's basically like he's doing like it's like dirty talking but then in it he's like you know so i think that's <laughs> all it is it's, it's like a it's a weird sex fetish thing okay. which i'm like okay. i don't know yeah, it's like it's it's, it's it, weird, but it's like oh, you're so cute. I just want to strangle you until like I watch you know that I guess which like kinda. sure okay okay okay. There's room for that. It's like the kink is like a thing. I I understand that, but like I'm gonna cut off your leg and throw it in the oven and roast it and like yeah, you're gonna do what? Hold up, yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that that's the most that's what I heard is that it was that and I'm but he's. Uh, have you heard what he's been doing since? Uh, someone said that he has like a job at uh, at like a hotel or something yeah, in like uh, the Cayman Islands. The yeah, exactly. The 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 rumor or whatever is that he's selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> um, and there was like a flyer that somebody made up with him as like a concierge, but I guess that was a joke. But it was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, this is if you're trying to convince people that you don't eat them, this sounds like 100% a plot to try to trick people. This is like the plot of Hostel. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, I thought of the Scooby Doo movie with like Rowan Atkinson. He brings them to the island. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's actually <laughs> Scrappy Doo inside of Army Hammer. Yeah, that's weird. That's so weird. But I was thinking because I knew he came <laughs> from like from money. Oh yeah, but also apparently, like he's it says he's been cut off from his family dynasty. I, I don't know if like Damn. all this is true. I don't know how much of this. A lot of this is really recent news at this point. But yeah, it's pretty wild. And and yeah, like you said, that's that's why it's like <laughs> he just is like. Also, Hannibal goes to the tropics yeah. to you know yeah, there you go. <laughs> <to> people <laughs> at the end of Silence of the Lambs. He's I'm he's having a friend for some, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You were he was he was the Winklevoss twins. Yeah. He's like in one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. He's this weird dude. I know. Yeah, he's been in he's been in some good stuff. I I loved uh fucking The Man from Uncle too. That's another one that he's in that I really oh, like. Oh, okay. A lot. Um I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, but apparently Apparently this it's good. these these allegations put that movie in a weird light, which I think that movie was already sort of oh, yeah. weird because it's like he's a grown man and Timothy Chalamet is he's a little boy. Yes, yeah. I mean it's it's one of the yeah you got to kind of look at it with your uh, you know licorice pizza glasses. Yeah, where it's yeah. like you know just don't take it as like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the director being like, hey, this is cool, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's definitely like, it's it's a tasteful movie. Like yeah. I that wasn't that was always like kind of present in the back of my head, but it's not a Michael Goy feature. Never like, yeah, exactly. I thought, I thought Call Me by Your Name was nice. 
Also, his name is Armand. That's know, a cannibal and name. Made that joke. Like well, what? And, and Armand Hammer. But his dad, his grandpa, didn't form the <laughs> Armand that, Hammer. Is that the dynasty? Uh, that's that he- what I thought. I was like, I was like, it's got to be that. But no, it's just some like fucking oil company. <laughs> his name is Armand Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the way back to at least his, his great grandfather was the one who like started their Occidental Petroleum oh, as their company. Okay, so. I was just gonna say, Armand is a very like I'm oh, a yeah. I'm a wealthy socialite cannibal name. Yeah, like a Mason Verger. Yeah, exactly. Although he's not technically cannibal, is he? Uh, no. no. He wishes he was. I was, was like, though. does he? Yeah, I think that's it. I was like, he doesn't have the intent of eating Hannibal. But yeah. even if it was, that's purely just like a revenge That's thing. why he didn't like him. He's like, damn, Hannibal, you're so cool because you eat people. I wish I was like you. Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty much. That's not that far off. <laughs> At least in the book. Not not so much in the show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, his, his grandpa or his great grandpa was Lenin's chosen capitalist because of his like close ties to the Soviet Union. So Man. maybe, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's that's become a meme now where uh you know it's like don't ask a guy his his uh his income don't ask a girl her weight or her age and then don't ask indie actor why their parents names are blue on Wikipedia but like <laughs> yeah army hammer is like the poster child for like a nepotism baby like holy yeah. shit if you're in the stalin yeah. regime <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, there's some way you you just look at him and you're like, oh yeah, he's he's a trust fund baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, you were born sure. with that polo and like handkerchief on. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to there won't be duds episode fifty six, <laughs> I think. Uh, I am your. Co- Did you think I was gonna say there won't be Travis? I, I was re- I was ready for it. I, yeah. I I almost did. <laughs> um, uh, I'm your co-host TJ, aka J Spot Jack Cheese, and with me as always, as always, I'm Nick, aka Doctor Funk on Twitch, and that's it. And that's it. And uh, this is also this is also there won't be Travis. We'll see if we do anything with that or not. <laughs> Might forget too. But uh, we as tease always, it. <laughs> yeah. As always, we watched a movie. And that movie, this week, being Crime Wave from 1985, directed by Sam Raimi. It follows Victor Ajax, a man on death row being taken to his execution, as he recalls the story which led him to be in death row, uh, which is a, a pretty pretty wacky gonzo <laughs> ride of uh being hunted by a couple a pair of murderers uh kind of being caught up in a uh company takeover scheme conspiracy and uh other stuff (laughs) um it's it's a pretty wild ride i guess i'll i'll start by saying that uh full disclosure because i know like even amongst sam raimi heads I think I actually I guess I don't know, but I I think even fans of Sam Raimi like also don't like this movie generally. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I'd say both of us were huge yeah. Evil Dead, Sam Raimi films. Our first, uh, I still call it a feature. It it was written with the intention of being a feature. It's just mm. uh, we, we. I guess we needed to shoot a bit more, so it was a little short <laughs> to, to to reach feature length. But our first, uh, our first movie, our first quote unquote feature length movie, uh, was inspired and based heavily on the Evil Dead movies. Um, did we and, incorporate uh, any crime wave stuff in it? I don't think we did. I don't know if I don't think we had seen Crime Wave when okay. we at least at least not when we wrote it. Okay. Um, okay. It was it was very Evil Dead, Brain Dead was another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Phantasm yeah. was referenced in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. th- there's there's a lot of different things, but but definitely the Sam Raimi horror vibe was was the biggest influence. Yeah, I like obsessively watched like his early stuff. I mean, I've also like even before this, I was. I, huge fan of the spider-man of his spider-man right. movies spider-man 2 is still my favorite superhero movie i think this one just this one was always like it was the elusive like the the white rabbit that you could never get because of how it was made and how it was distributed and how sam himself like hates this hates yeah. the end product it never really got a dvd release for the longest time it does now but uh it didn't have a, a dvd release for the longest time it was really hard to find and then it just popped up on one some random like high number satellite channel that we had i dvr'd it and i i don't know i feel like i watched this movie a lot yeah after after it got it because i, I was feel like, like it, it was playing it was every gem. time i came over <laughs> like every time I yeah think for a while there we watched it like every single time yeah that doesn't yeah so i probably have seen this movie like literally 20 times maybe. yeah <laughs> but, but a lot of that was over the span of like a year or so maybe mm-hmm when I had it on my DVR. Um, I was, uh, I was a little worried it wouldn't hold up. Uh, but this movie fucking kicks ass. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. I was, I was uh, laughing a lot watching it. I legitimately think like it's, it, it, it's funny because I was, I watched a couple of things after, and I know I'm going on for a while, but, I don't know. This this mm-hmm. is kind of just my main thesis statement. I'll, I'll let you take over. Oh, thank you. Um, I because I, I watched a couple. You know, I watched some interviews. I watched like a, a commentary video on it. Um, after I watched it, uh, just because this is one that, uh, and we can get into this later. A lot of like the behind the scenes stuff is really interesting, just because of the issues that they had mm-hmm. with making it and stuff. And and uh. Sam said in like an interview later, like, "Oh, what did you like want the movie to be?" And he said, like, he wanted it to be like it's really it's really ambitious. I'll say, like, he wanted it to be like a drama. He wanted it to be a horror, a thriller, a comedy. Mm-hmm. He's like, I wanted it to be pure cinema. And to me, I don't think that not in the same exact sense that he meant because like it didn't make me doesn't make me cry like emotional tears in that way. But to me, this is pure cinema. This movie is full on pure mm-hmm. cinema. Um, I legitimately think this might. I'd have to like reevaluate. I don't have like a set number, but like I, I legitimately think this might crack like my top fifty movies like list. Because and it's it's amazing. It's such a it's such a cool like the the experience I get like watching it. It's like it's a mix of I enjoy it for the reasons that I like 
the better dud movies like uh ben and arthur yeah yeah who killed captain now it's like that ironic enjoyment but also like legitimate enjoyment too mm-hmm. like there's really cool uh action scenes really cool like set pieces really good comedy um so it's both ironic and unironic enjoyment and uh it's it's fascinating i i absolutely love it yeah uh just you know doing like cursory reading about it it sounds like it sounds like the the problem was with the editing or like who had control of the editing and like i guess sam raimi wasn't allowed like any sort of say in how it was ultimately edited which i can understand why he might totally get yeah he wants to alan smithy this shit and be like yeah don't watch it don't watch it i don't but Mm. you know i feel like even without his say watching it Mm -hmm. i can still tell this is a sam raimi movie Mm -hmm. because there are so many of his you know you can't edit out sam raimi because if you do there's no movie because he has such Mm -hmm. a distinct style with how he does things like i'm thinking of a scene where like they're in the car and i think someone's hand comes in and like punches him in the face and it's like oh yeah it's like uh evil dead 2 when like the the Mm -hmm. branches are hitting bruce campbell as he's being dragged (laughs) and I distinctly remember watching the commentary and hearing Bruce being like, that branch was piloted by Sam Raimi. Like, you know, just <laughs> loving doing that shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, this was a movie that I remember you... Yeah, I, I do think my first experience with this movie was like at your house when you DVR'd it. And uh, yeah, like basically everything that you said, I feel like... And also the Coen brothers. I, don't, I feel like we didn't really mention that. It was I, like yeah, written was, by was, like the Coen brothers, which mm-hmm. apparently I think... They, they, they've collaborated a few times since, mm-hmm. but not nearly as yeah, much. Yeah, the flip side of this is, uh, so they co-wrote this with Sam. Sam directed it. And then kind of on the flip side of this, Sam co-wrote Hudsucker Proxy mm-hmm. with them. And then they directed that, which I also love. Hudsucker Proxy is, is one of my favorite yeah. Coen Brothers movies. Which there's like a reference to that at the very beginning, which is like the, mm-hmm. it's like the Hudsucker, like state penitentiary. penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, uh, the other thing that I remember from this movie is, Herb, well, it actually, it, Hudsucker Proxy is a reference to this because this is like this was way before that one, which is interesting if they were referencing a movie that they hate because this came out this came out before Hudsucker Proxy is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, well, when did Hud, when did Hudsucker Proxy come out? Hudsucker Proxy is like '94, I think. I maybe they had the idea at the time i haven't seen oh, maybe. Hud, i haven't i haven't seen hudsucker proxy oh, I, okay. I just figured it was them kind of playing tongue-in-cheek like referencing crime it, it might have been a reference to crime wave because it's such oh, a might have been. it's such a distinct word to use yeah it is yeah so i, I don't know yeah <laughs> the other thing i was gonna say uh the dude who plays farron yeah uh, uh brian james paul l smith Oh, I got him switched. I'm, oh, you're thinking no. of Arthur. No. Jesus. Oh, yeah, his name is Farron Crush. That's right. I For some reason in my head, I was thinking Crush was the big guy. Farron was this, but it's his name is Farron Crush. Farron Crush, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other movie I've ever seen him in was Midnight Express. Oh, yeah. Which That's right. I remember. It's a particularly... Uh, brutal death in that movie. Does he? He plays like a, a really vicious uh, uh, prison guard. Have you mm. seen Midnight Express? Have we talked about that movie? 
No, we have talked about it. I remember like that was like kind of a that was like a, a phantasm, like one that that you always like talked about a lot. But I never. These are all movies that my dad has shown yeah. me. <laughs> That's right, really what yeah. it boils down to. I don't think he spoke a lot of English and I think that's why a lot of his lines in Crime Wave are oh, like okay. overdubbed. I think they just told him to mouth certain things cuz like yeah, he play cuz he, he plays a Turkish prison guard but it says he's from Israel. Mm, okay. But uh yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess I haven't seen him in Popeye. Maybe he does Speak. I was gonna say yeah, he's Bluto. He's he's a really good casting for Bluto. Oh in yeah, Popeye. He's <laughs> perfect for that. A lot of memories. He's also came in back Dune. Because, okay, David Lynch's Dune. He's one of the Harkonnens. Interesting. Didn't yeah. get too far in in Dune. We we started it, and I was like, I don't know what any of this is. I don't know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> I actually don't think that movie is as bad as a lot of people say it is. Another, it's another a, movie where the director has like distanced himself from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because he basically like he makes like the same face as he does in Crime Wave in Dune, like the whole time they're like like looking around like that. <laughs> um uh, my first note was that I think in the very beginning they're in the taxi cab. I think mm-hmm. they're in the car. With the nuns? Yeah. Or yeah, do you mean yeah, like the nuns, after? sorry, okay. yeah, the nuns. Which apparently Francis McDormand is one. I didn't mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I had to rewind because I saw I noticed it in the credits. I don't think I knew that before though. Yeah, same. Uh, I think it was the same voice <laughs> that is the voice on the tape recorder in the Evil Dead. Like when they when they find oh. the Necronomicon and they're like, "Oh, okay. I have found a book," and the, I started re saying the oh. incantations. Kanta. Interesting. I think it, it sounded like the same voice of like the guy talking about, or was that was that in the both of them, Evil Dead one and two, or is it just? I, n- I know for sure it's in Evil Dead too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm, it's in both of them. Yeah, I think I think it's in both of them. I I guess I'd have to go back and because I know the voice from Evil Dead. I'd yeah. have to re-listen to that in Crime Wave. Dang, I guess I gotta watch the movie again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. So I I do I do gotta say I you know Sam if you're listening to this I understand <laughs> uh, your issues with the movie like editing is a very if you're if you're one of those because there are there are plenty of directors who you know just direct but sam raimi is not one of them he's mm-hmm. he's a more auteurish one he 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 has more of yeah. a hand in in a lot more areas of the film and in that regards like editing is very important it's very key to the voice of a of a filmmaker if if they are like part of that that's why a lot of directors who uh, who don't edit their own stuff, like Martin Scorsese, he's used the same editor for basically his entire career because he's like, yes, this is the voice that like that I want right. for my editing. Um, so I I fully get that. And and the other thing too is uh, I think like what kind of started it off is that uh, or like I think an earlier indicator that it was going to be a kind of a rough ride is he originally wanted bruce to be the main character he wanted him to play victor but the studio and i think this is so funny because like you see the guy who they cast and they said they wanted like a hollywood actor they said that like they didn't want him like (laughs) casting his high school friend bruce campbell (laughs) so yeah like yeah this this hunky dude reed bernie they cast instead of bruce campbell to play the lead and you know, in a way, I it, I think Bruce Campbell could have pulled it off too. 
but it is it is a departure for him. I think the the like weird, uh, like that kind of like a the role that, that Victor Ajax Ajax plays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean like the idiot, like bumbling loser. Like it, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's better that it's not him, uh, because like you know maybe the character would have been played like slightly differently but it's a lot hard it's a lot easier to to believe that uh the main girl would be so dismissive of somebody like reed bernie than of yeah. somebody like bruce campbell you know what i mean yeah <laughs> there's bruce, like this things like that uh, and also bruce campbell kills it as oh ronaldo the heel maybe too. my favorite part of the entire movie is all the ronaldo the heel moments i mean i would yeah. say that bruce bruce campbell is almost like I want to say like Jack Nicholson in the sense that like you look at Jack Nicholson and it's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, this dude gets roles like this because he looks nuts. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell. Okay. Yeah. Bruce Campbell has that jawline, has that smirk, the hair where it's like, mm-hmm. this guy is a smarmy asshole. That's kind of, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he just, he has the look of someone. So it's like, I, yeah, like you said, I don't think that like, he couldn't have played that role but i think it would have been a tough sell a little bit just yeah it may wasn't he well i mean i guess in evil dead one he was kind of he wasn't like the badass like no not at all like that he wasn't that at all in evil dead one which like okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but then evil dead two you know he's like slapping people around and you know shooting out one-liners yeah and yeah uh, that's that's what i mean is like i I would really like to see the version of this movie with him as Victor. Yeah. But as it stands, the fact that we did get Ronaldo the heel played by him, I'm like, I'm okay with it <laughs> yeah. personally. But again, yeah. totally sympathize and understand why yeah. like that would piss piss them off. Especially the reasoning by the studio. It's just like we don't want your your high school friend to play like just kinda like demeaning him like that. It's pretty yeah. shitty. Um I guess not surprising though for a a Hollywood studio to say that and and also on that to to get back at the studio for doing that uh, I guess he rewrote and like greatly expanded the character of Ronaldo the heel like he was only supposed to be in like a scene or two or something and, and he then... stretches him out to be in like basically half the movie <laughs> <laughs> so that and that was so that Bruce had an excuse to be like so he could be on set the whole time because at that time it was kind of like that where they were just like partners where like he was just mm-hmm. there on set with him you know yeah um, and you know 1985 cool. i mean they were sort of outcasts like this is his second movie mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah yeah he i mean they basically hired it like oh yeah you're the evil dad i i just like to imagine like soulless corporate suits that are like oh yeah he made evil dad kind of a sleeper hit yeah sure here you can make a movie and mm-hmm. then like Sam's like okay well I want all of my buddies to be there and they're like eh yeah mm. so it's like you know they're they're very he, he now I feel like Sam Raimi can just be like no like I do oh, yeah. yeah for sure yeah the 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 gist that I got from it is that like he basically like the way that they kind of like blew up wasn't very uh you know and this was back when like when you made an indie movie it was like an indie movie it's not like now where it's they're more i don't know it's 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 a whole different like field indie movies now still have like a six million dollar budget yeah like they literally like it was they went into the woods and they shot a they shot a movie like for very little money and Mm -hmm. 
got it blew up through like word of mouth and just yeah uh, you know organic sort of growth it basically made it like they were making like movies in high school and then they just like got better equipment and made the evil dead basically Mm -hmm. so it's basically like he went from making home movies to making a studio movie and there was no in between and basically (laughs) the hearing them describe it it's kind of like how i felt and i mean i will say i've only been a production assistant i haven't done anything that crucial to the filmmaking but still being there being on set i've been like i just i like doing like run and gun stuff so much more than like man studio movies are fucking boring to shoot like the actual like filming is so boring um (laughs) even like i was like even if i was an actor i would like i would hate this i like ours where you know like if i ever had the budget to make something i would still just go for like no minimal setup let's go 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 i don't care uh just uh do it as fast as possible while i guess you know being able to keep up the quality yeah yeah Uh, yeah. and there's also that that just like they weren't prepared they didn't know it and uh they said that like just kind of filming like that was also miserable there's a couple things like the guy that played arthur uh was apparently like on coke the whole time as well as louise lasser who plays uh the wife of uh she plays mrs trend Uh um like she fired her makeup assistant and like did her own makeup every day and she that's like why she i don't know i think they were able to like tone it down in the movie like they were able to kind of like touch up and fix it but like they said that she like looked like a clown every day that she came into work (laughs) and (laughs) i will say she definitely looked a little garish yeah yeah a bit um and then yeah the guy that played arthur like locked himself in his room to like excise a ghost from his lights at some point and so there's a lot of uh i don't know it it seemed like it was not just the studio that was giving them a lot of headaches oh damn Lori lasser louise lasser sorry Mm -hmm. like apparently she got she's the first person to have been banned from snl Michael LaDonna, he called her clinically berserk and allegedly <laughs> walked Damn. off that week's installment in disgust. Who did that? Sorry. Uh, Louise Lasser. No, who? Oh, sh- she was the one that walked off? Uh, no. Uh, Chevy Chase accused her of solipsism. Oh. And SNL writer Michael O'Donohue called her clinically berserk and allegedly walked <laughs> off that week's installment in disgust. <laughs> oh my god so okay th- well that that tracks then that, <laughs> that yeah tracks. yeah um i will say yeah so so that was more that was part of the noir because i guess i forgot how many genres this movie spans the genre mm-hmm. spanner um because <clears throat> it's yeah it starts out very like noir style where it's like he, he hires these two guys and it's like a business mm-hmm. deal almost and like that that shit i i totally forgot about because like i remember bits mm-hmm. and pieces but it's been you know over a decade now since we've since we've watched yeah it. but yeah i don't know where i was going with that uh i thought some of the visual <laughs> gags uh at the beginning when like when they're assassinating uh his business partner is it uh, yeah i only remember trend <laughs> yeah i don't even remember arthur Cottish. is that no that arthur no sorry that's arthur jesus yeah, yeah i don't even think i don't even see him on here but anyway uh, I 
got a pretty big laugh when Arthur's in there with the electricity machine. Mm. And it's... <laughs> and, and this is like a classic Raimi goof where it's its increments are in megahertz, but it's H-U-R-T-Z. Oh, yeah. And, and he then, turns the dial from rats to humans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is a good... Yeah. And then later is another callback. It goes from man to heroes to yeah. kill uh, Victor. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, slapsticky, actually, almost like very... I, I haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but it seemed like in that mm. same vein of like very cartoony, slapsticky, you know. There's a part yeah. where like when Arthur's in their apartment and she hits him against the wall... And like he just has a shelf of three bowling balls that all fall and hit him on the head. It's very like three stooges for sure. Yeah, yeah. Which, which they have said like is like a big inspiration. Like they even do that shit in the Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Like there's some like slapsticky type stuff in that. Uh, Odegaard is the is the Odegaard, other partner. Okay, Odegaard. Another little behind the scenes tidbit is how they shot that part where it like zooms in on Odegaard's face and then his glasses break. Mm-hmm. Apparently they did that by firing BB guns at his glasses at the same time, which, uh, <laughs> Holy I, shit. I think it was another thing that the studio had an issue with, but yeah, I can't they would imagine why like, do stuff without telling them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you can, you can put the boy in a big budget movie, but you can't take that like low budget out of the boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, another thing is, uh, Rob Taper plays like multiple cameos in this movie too, which the was another. I don't know. They're basically, like everything, everything kind of like interesting or neat behind the scenes. The studio was like, no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> don't. They're like, if you. They said something about like if you cast, if you put, if we see Rob Taper in another scene, then we're like shutting this down or something like that. <laughs> funny well yeah Um, i i did notice that uh ted ted ramey was like the waiter in the bar and he kept they kept doing these cutaways where he's just like (laughs) like laughing yeah also uh uh, since we're doing the cameos uh the coen brothers too Mm -hmm. are also in it they're the the photographers at the end in the in the jail there's a couple bits where i had to pause at like newspaper clippings uh so when trend is calling the exterminators their ad says we kill all sizes rats mice bats roaches men ants so just just straight up says it in the paper yeah (laughs) and then and then uh i think this is i mean it's gotta be uh although although the the in story thing has changed a couple times as to where the location was but there's another shot of the newspaper um where i'm pretty sure it's referencing the evil dead 2 which would have been the next movie he did after this there's a newspaper headline that says military seal off tennessee murder site time space disturbance discovered oh because they never make it explicitly clear in the movies but the evil dead was filmed in at a cabin in tennessee yeah which so, like yeah, I think I think you're led to believe that it's like Michigan or right. They they do change it in the in the TV show Ash versus Evil Dead. It's um, Elk Rapids, I think, is okay. where they say it is, which is okay. up by like Petoskey, Traverse City. Yeah, but 
according to Crime Wave, it's it's Tennessee where it was filmed. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think the basement shots in The Evil Dead were filmed in Michigan. I think I read that somewhere. That makes sense. Where it gets more, yeah, that would make more sense because that well, was probably a set maybe or something that they had more yeah uh, control over what they. But could that, do that's that's cool that like they they had they already had that idea for uh, the ending of The Evil Dead Two in mind mm-hmm. when they were making this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, as far as like the movie itself. I, I do wonder what and and editing it can be really small things right that they changed yeah. from what he wanted but I I wonder I kind of wonder like what the original especially since he was in that interview he was saying like he wanted it to be like dramatic too like kind of wanted to pull it like every emotion yeah yeah and I really want to know how he could have pulled that off um amidst all this other stuff because it really, hits everything else yeah <laughs> but, yeah it'd be really hard to go to like a dramatic heartfelt scene when like the scene prior you know victor sees a hot lady and his tie goes and his like tie flies off yeah. and it's like you know just or, or ronaldo like doing the uh, uh when they're at the bar the gunshot which is like I, that's yeah. that's what i remember the most from this movie is thinking how funny that shit is that every every react and it's like oh and it's like a gunshot yeah it's like I, I've never seen you in this bar before. I like that in a woman. <laughs> like there's yeah. so many good one. Ronaldo has so many good one-liners like that. He's, he's like, uh, "How about we go back to my place for a bit of scotch and sofa?" <laughs> yeah, and everyone, every character like laughs really hard at their own jokes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Arthur is or is, is constantly just like, "You ain't seen nothing yet." Like he, he why yeah. does he sound like uh he sounds like uh Fat Albert. Like that's his oh, he does kinda, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of those like really funny like sounds too, like when there's a part at the bar too where uh where Ajax is like or Victor or whatever. He's like uh maybe I'm just a guy who hates heels and then Bruce is like, well, maybe I'm just a guy who hates guys who hates heels. And then he's like, well, maybe I'm just a guy. And then he, he like punches him and he gets like <laughs> sent across the restaurant and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. like as he goes flying. That's <laughs> like, so fucking silly. And cra- uh, is that the stuff that they added? Like, did they add those sound effects? Because to me, that's, I don't know. I That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, he, you know, he crashes through the table and everyone at the table holding their drink stops. And then they just resume as if like they don't care. Like they they keep <laughs> yeah. drinking their drinks and talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you really have to wonder if like he didn't have any control. Again, if he didn't have any control over the edit, it still seems like it still seems like a the Sam Raimi movie. So like what? And yeah, at, like the script itself, which sounds like they had to do rewrites, but I feel like the script seems like it was still mostly what they had uh yeah. you know th- maybe they lost some scenes that they had that the studio forced them to cut sure but there's bits where it's like this movie like has to be silly right like there's the bit where they're at the at the bar and she gets the bill she has to pick up the bill and she's like how am i gonna where am i gonna get 36 dollars <laughs> <laughs> 
and then the and then you know immediately they're like oh we have a dance competition and the winner gets 36 dollars and <laughs> and which they, i love that i love the whole transition of that scene where it's just like immediately goes into like the line of dancers and then it cuts to them and they're like they're dancing and then it like does like a uh, does like a quick pan and he's in the kitchen like washing dishes yeah yeah <laughs> i i love that how that was like edited i don't know if that's yeah. sacrilegious but <laughs> the editing there was good <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it, 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 and I think he shot it in such a way where, like, I feel like even though he didn't have control over the edit, he has such a distinct way of filming that it's mm-hmm. almost like you shot all of these scenes this way, so I have no other option but to yeah. edit it this way because that's exactly how you shot it. So in mm-hmm. a way, he he still kind of got creative control over it just because if you didn't shoot it in the way, or if you didn't edit it in the way that he shot it, it wouldn't make sense. All mm-hmm. of the, like that scene, those three scenes were shot designed to be that way to go from dance competition, dancing, washing dishes. Cause they lost. So it's like, mm-hmm. he still kind of got his way in the end. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it could have been. Yeah. Better. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, I could see this being like the most annoying like if you're not into it i could see this being like the most annoying movie ever (laughs) just because of how many times there's like you know arthur and farron are in the truck or in their truck and uh you know he like crushes his hands in the in the glove compartment and it's just like i don't know 10 15 seconds of of farron going and and farron and arthur going yeah there's a lot of like loud noises oh but yeah I, i'm i'm into well, it so it's <laughs> i think yeah i think this is also like and he probably did it with evil dead one but like you know the like sam Raimi's also known for like screaming women like in spider-man they're all over the place and in this movie uh helene trend screams like during that sequence where she's like trying to not get kidnapped by arthur like mm-hmm. she's like screaming the entire time. Ah, yeah. 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 Which I thought was a very good visual gag when uh he like literally pulls the room to get her closer to him like yeah. He's, like, he's grabbing the carpet but like all of the furniture's coming with it too. Like Yeah, that's one of those great <laughs> set pieces I was talking about. Like there's like there's a lot of cool like things that they do like that. Um, or the the safest hallway in the world. Safest, yeah, that was the next one I was gonna reference. Yeah, that's that's so cool. And it's funny because like seeing it set or seeing it set up, you're like you you can tell the viewer can tell that it's like just a series of flat walls in an mm-hmm. open room. Yeah. But at least with me, I always kind of thought. I think like initially watching it, I guess I should say because I knew where it went watching it this time. I think I always thought that, that was just like uh, to show it visually, but in the universe, it's a hallway. Like it's not an open room with walls. Right, it's a right. hallway. But then she just pushes it over, and you're like, oh, it is just a series of like flat walls. Because <laughs> then they just like yeah. dominoes knock over. And apparently, it's another uh, little safety hazard was the intention was for uh, Farron to like narrowly escape the end of the hallway but they like greatly misjudged how fast they would fall over and like <laughs> he almost was like severely injured by that the like walls falling on him yeah yeah i think the last one actually does kind of like he, he kind of yeah 
he does not make he he makes it like five from the last one he is still a little ways in like they <laughs> yeah. they really misjudged that <laughs> <laughs> another uh legitimate and this is this is again all sam and and also incredibly dangerous probably uh but i thought the the like car chase at the end and like fighting on the cars like every time it's not green screen because the green screen doesn't look that good yeah. um which is like most of the closest but like all those like far away ones where you know the camera's like on a car in front of them and the cars are behind them like i thought yeah. that was like really really cool yeah like le- that was one of those like things where like this is legitimately like a really cool action scene mm-hmm. like how it's filmed and they're actually doing this shit (laughs) um apparently there is like lasting burn marks from like some of the explosions they did like on the detroit highway for a while after that (laughs) (laughs) just pretty cool that's awesome yeah i mean Uh, because because you said that he wanted it to be like pure cinema and i feel like he's got he's got his romance he's got the car chase he's got mm -hmm. all these sort of like very like 1950s or whatever like three stooges era like comedy romance it's almost like a i don't know i don't know if screwball comedy would be would work there because i feel like that has more of like a tighter definition than this but Mm. he's got elements of like he's got elements of basically everything in there and it's it sucks that this is what he wanted like you know his pure cinema and i guess in a way it is pure cinema in the sense of the studio getting in and meddling because that's yeah you know yeah Um, oh my god i also forgot about uh arthur's line about the dogs which i feel like we referenced a lot in our more uh, maybe some on pc days yeah (laughs) you and those boop dogs yeah she's she's Uh, just like that's right (laughs) it is a good line though (laughs) um he's got he's got a lot of like really great bits too i i love the part when he's like he's in the apartment and he's like imitating each of them Mm -hmm. and then and then victor comes back and he like he has elaine and uh or is that her name am i like forgetting nancy nancy i don't know i said elaine (laughs) and then victor is like i don't know he's something about like oh you know i I really like you and but i understand if you know you don't like me blah blah blah. i I hope we see each other again you know he kind of just like i'm i'm leaving now bye and then after he leaves arthur just goes on this rant about like oh man he seems like a really good guy and you know i I, my my mom kind of like abused me as a kid and i yeah it kind of like he's like i think i have some like uh, I think I have some lasting uh, issues with that, and maybe I need to sort that out. But blah blah blah, and he just like keeps going on. And <laughs> yeah, it just uh, cuts it. It cuts him off mid sentence to cut to like Arthur and the or uh, Farron in the other scene or something. Yeah, another thing on the on the action side that I love is uh, I love the dummy work in this movie. Yeah, uh, there's some really good fucking dummy work, like where. Uh, the ones in particular that are standing out right now are when Arthur dies, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, he, um, because he's standing up on the, top the overpass. of, the, of yeah. the car, and then the overpass uh, <laughs> obliterates him. <laughs> and then uh, there's another where it's it's after that, and it's when they crash into the bridge at the end. Victor's like on top of the van, 
at on top of the exterminator van as it like crashes and you see his dummy just go like boom like head dive <laughs> into the road <laughs> it's like not hiding hiding the fact yeah. that they're dummies at all it's pretty good yeah the other one i noticed was when uh rinald i guess i guess his death oh yeah you know, that's another one too yeah this god the, that's so good the staircase just comes he, what does he say he's like he's like it's yeah maybe heel so what a and then it just the, the staircase just comes down and like takes him out yeah I, I also got a big laugh out of get away from that fucking window <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah. I fucking love that I, I really like that character of, of Mr. Trend too how which apparently that guy's a producer and this is like his only film role oh weird he's yeah. pretty good I mean he wasn't he wasn't yeah. too bad in it I well, like I like when he's like she like sees uh, Odegaard down there and then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go check check and see him." I didn't know he was there. I thought he was going home. I didn't know the Odegaard was gonna be there until just now. I just want you to know that I didn't know that Mr. Odegaard was gonna be there. Like he just <laughs> keep, like so fucking obvious about everything. <laughs> and like I like the sound effects when he's like tapping his like cigarette on the table and it's just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what happened? Did he get? What happened to him? Did he get killed? I guess I might have missed that. Yeah. yeah. Did he? Did he, did yeah. he got zapped. That's kind of the whole like how it leads to Victor being the one accused because he goes down there to check on him and then he's immediately ki- like same way because Arthur just pops out and then there's a little bit of screaming. You see his his glasses break. Um, yeah. And then after that, Farron's like Arthur. For all we know, this could be the guy who hired us. And then Arthur goes, we'll call it a two-for-one sale. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then because of that, because there's no kind of like trail, I think is kind of what leads it to Victor being the one who gets arrested and everything. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, they're both, they've both been electrocuted and they just disappear. Well, so there, there was the dead body in the car. Was that Odegaard? That was yes, that was Odegaard. Okay, I don't okay. know if you ever see Trend's body after he's killed. Right. But yeah, you see Odegaard in like the the shelf and then in the car and Yeah. That might be it. But in the in the car. The, the classic. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> Which it, it's funny, it's like every time I it's like I knew it was in this because it's mm-hmm. like in all of them, but it's uh, it's always funny to like because uh, it had been a while since I had seen it. And then when it popped up, it was just like seeing like Bruce Campbell pop up, and I was like, "Hey, there it is." <laughs> yep, it's, it becomes a character in itself. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did put. I don't remember exactly why, because I feel like there was a reason for why I said this. But I said, "Did they purposely cast Trent's wife with a huge ass mouth?" Because <laughs> <laughs> a really big mouth. Oh, I think it's because they do. There's a couple parts where, like, I mean, not only does she scream a lot with her mouth just wide open but there's like a couple parts where it like zooms in on her mouth like yeah explicitly i'm like okay <laughs> i, well, I then, think that's well, why it kind of stuck out to me and uh, you know her her clown makeup doesn't help either it definitely <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like like the little moment she has where she's not screaming like after she oh after farron gets like the boom 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 the bowling balls on his head and then it does like the little like the vision the double yeah, vision yeah. and then it goes in and then she has like that little like chuckle and then 
And then after she pushes the walls over on him, she's like, uh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets shipped to Uruguay or whatever. That, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, did you stay till after the credits, by the yeah, way? I did. I, yeah, I did. Okay. I did catch that. Hello? And, Is anybody there? I Yeah, I, I just, I laugh the most at the fact that it's like, She's in that thing that gets shipped to Uruguay, but it's just like on a hill, like on a mountain <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, 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 yep, this, what? yeah, like they read the address. It's like, yep, this is where this is going. It's <laughs> yeah. middle of nowhere. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I need to pick up a copy because for a while, I think there was some sort of, uh, some sort of distributing rights or some sort of issue. But yeah, uh, Shout Factory put it out, which. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a few movies from uh, Shout Factory. They do. I think they primarily do a lot of like B movies. Like that's. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a big resurgence Which makes lately. Sense for this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I want. I want to grab that now because I remember that was always yeah, one that I, I was like. That. I remember looking it up and I was like, the only way you could find it is like if you ordered like some import, and it was mm-hmm. probably as good a quality as like the DVR that you had. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, um, it's it's Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray DVD combo pack. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I. I, I gotta I gotta pick it up too. Um, it would be so sick if they ever did like, cause they would always put so many special features on theirs. I know they wouldn't, but it would be really cool if they if they were to, even yeah. if all the special features were just them like shitting on it. Yeah, the commentary track is just everyone being like, and here's why this sucks, and here's why yeah. this sucks, you know. Or give it release the you know release the Raimi cut. I want to see it. That would be cool if like they still had like the footage around if he was able to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I f- I feel pretty good. Uh, I can I can kick us off here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely a spud, bordering on like I would put this in in the normal movie cup because mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe with a little bit of nostalgia glasses from like seeing it so many times at a very formative time in my life like getting into like these you know movie directors like Sam Raimi and the Coen Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it even knowing all of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and all the, the struggles they went through, I still think this movie is entertaining as hell. It's funny as hell. Um, the comedy holds up the, the slapstick nature of it, the, just the, the image of the, the Ronaldo, the heel scenes with the gunshots. It's just like, it's like ingrained in me at this point in time, you know, and like my sense of humor and, and, you know, kind of not how I see the world. That might be a little, a stretch too far, but uh, yeah, I mega spud, super spud. This is a hearty potato. Uh, everyone, go watch this. It's on Tubi, which Tubi rules. Yeah. There's so much shit on Tubi. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So hey, you don't you don't have to you have, you don't even have to drop the the cash to to watch. It. Yeah. You know, if it is one that seems a little rocky, because again, <laughs> I will say, the general consensus seems to be that people don't like it but yeah even even Raimi heads are like mm. I you know I also read something about like I guess a lot of people like went into it like maybe you just got to go into the headspace of knowing that it is like a wacky sort of action comedy noir thing where I guess some people went into it like seeing blood simple and seeing the evil dead and just worth expecting something a lot more serious <laughs> and so maybe just that's that's the only bit of advice I would say. Just was it both expect. of their second movies? Yeah, it was. <gasps> oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Just like don't 
don't expect Blood Simple or the Evil Dead. <laughs> maybe maybe that would help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of like I kind of laid out my cards on the table at the top. Uh, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> Interestingly enough, even though I said I do love it unironically and ironically, um, I I do kind of still feel like it belongs in the dud cup in in a sense. Um, like I'm, I don't like regret putting it in there after watching yeah. it. Uh, but that said, if we were doing a, a ranking, this is like a nine or a ten. Like legitimately, this is a nine or ten movie. There's, there's, it's, it's a short and sweet. There's, I don't know if there's a single scene that isn't, you know, doesn't like entertain it, at least in some way. <laughs> the characters are all like so fun to watch. the The comedy is great. I don't know, just everything about it is great. It's again, it's it's it is pure, unfiltered cinema. <laughs> um, this is a this is a sweet potato baked in brown sugar, baby. This is, <laughs> this is top of the tops. And um, if we are, so we're going to at least do it this time again, doing our, our rankings for the Dud Cup movies. Um, I, like, as a Dud movie, I, I almost still want to give the edge to Ben and Arthur, just, like, strictly as a Dud movie. Yeah. But I still think, I still think I kind of, I, I don't know, it's, it's a little tough like ranking it against these because again this is a like the only one where like it's like legitimate enjoyment although no i i mean i guess i would kind of put like who killed captain alex in that in that card too yeah so i i think i'm gonna say this is my number one this is my number one um oh for the for the ranking see this stuff because like you said i think ben and arthur does exemplify what we are looking for in a dud movie so putting it above that almost seems like sacrilege to the idea of a dud cup but also looking at it i I'm, you know I, i'm really on the fence i mean you i think i'll, I'll put it at number two all right okay i i'm okay i'm okay sh- switch your mind to two i think not that like i have to go but yeah i'm really on the fence so I could one or two. We're not we're not super we don't have to be super solid about these. It's yeah, it's it's really iffy with like the reasoning and all that and Yeah. Uh, if you if you like that You ain't seen nothing yet. Alright, you know I had to do it to him. Welcome back to There will not be Travis or Nick. Um primarily Travis. Uh I think that's the bigger culprit this this week uh but it but it all ties back into uh nick as well because there was a recent um recent development in that story that i was really hoping i would have the opportunity to discuss with travis this week uh but now that has to be postponed um which is pretty disappointing pretty disappointed in him because i can't really just I, I think it, it's good to have somebody to bounce this, <clears throat> this info off of. And also, There Won't Be Nick is kind of Travis's show. I'm just a co-host. I am a regular, but it does feel uh, that's that's his that's his uh, show to bear. Um, so I'm starting a new show. This is episode one of There Won't Be Travis or Nick. Why Travis isn't here is kind of the, the question of the day. 
um, he, we all had had a week to watch the movie, and then do the episode. Um, this movie is eighty minutes, roughly. It's less than less than an hour and a half, and um, apparently he couldn't do it. Uh, which I think is pretty ludicrous. Um, I don't know what he does all day. I'm going to hope that it is because of his his research into the Nick mythos. We're going to hope that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the rare there won't be Nick or Travis. Yep. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I think we're back. Oh, okay, I'm think I'm thinking we're back. Okay. So, Nathan Fielder has a new show on HBO. Uh uh, he is most known for his show Nathan for You, which was on Comedy Central. Which I actually just rewatched the whole series in like a couple weeks because um, I finished the second season of How to with John Wilson, which he produces mm-hmm. and has a very, a very. It's different. It's a much different show, but it has a very similar vibe. It's in the same. I don't know in the same area as Nathan for you and after finishing it I was like I really feel like watching Nathan for you and then I was watching it and then like as I was in the final season I heard about his new show um and uh yeah I just want to say I think Nathan for you is like one of the best shows ever made um it is it is fantastic it's uh it is insane the the elaborate ways that he sets up these episodes and <laughs> how committed and how like how he commits like a thousand percent to everything yeah. he does it's it's fucking insane and um i will say also that i think the finale the series finale um finding francis is one of the greatest series finales to any show ever um I haven't it's seen it. I I know ever? the premise. You haven't seen it no. ever. Oh man. It so it's like its own thing. It it, it follows up. It's kind of like a continuation, sort of, of some like side things. But um, it it's really interesting because there's the show is is just one off comedy reality show. But there is kind of this through line of Nathan as a character of mm-hmm. this like insecure, weird lonely person it is and it is ironic that you say that because the episode that we did watch yesterday was the season one finale which is the private investigator one which is great because he hires a private investigator to follow the private investigator that he hired (laughs) but then he hires like another private it's like the the classic but the it is ironic that you say that because it's it's kind of fitting with this theme because the main private investigator who's just like he gets so pissed that Nathan is trying to get him good Yelp reviews because he's like I don't give a shit about Yelp yeah. he calls him the wizard of loneliness yeah. and then it cuts back to yeah, all those pretty... times where he's like having to pay people to be his friends and like mm-hmm. the the um, the fake you know bachelor style show which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite jokes of all time where he's like yeah did you know that he had a threesome with two men <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm like oh I didn't know that and he's like I, I didn't do that but yeah the fact that he calls him the wizard of loneliness I feel is is interesting but yeah continue yeah there's there's a couple of times where it's the like people who he he meets in episodes are like just 
really hit to like what he is like as a or at least at the very least as a character as yeah. the character Nathan um like there's a uh, no that's that's like too long of a thing but there's another one in like the third or fourth season where he does this thing to a dude and he he says that he's like I don't like you and he's like why and he's like because you're manipulative and you and you hurt people or something like that <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways finding francis it it it's it like kind of it wraps up well and I, I don't know if i'd say like wraps up but it, it there's like that through line of him and uh that that sort of character arc and i just think it wraps it up so fucking beautifully it's 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 really incredible the the like subtle i don't know i, I really don't know how to put it because the show just seems like again just like a dumb comedy show but then when it gets into these like the emotional beats it like it really it's there, really effective there have been like youtube video essays that have been recommended to me that are like how nathan fielder understands people mm-hmm. and i i haven't watched it but i can only imagine like the premise of that video being essentially how like nathan fielder just very very seemingly casually can get people to reveal things and like talk about themselves in a way like yeah. you know like he does with the rehearsal which you know it there the number of times that's i was all, watching that and just about. like just like holy shit yeah like it, it it was weirdly compelling for such a seemingly minor sort of social interaction that someone would have to go through mm-hmm. like yeah. i don't know if you wanted to intro the rehearsal or how we wanted to segue into I, that or if you were still wanting to talk about nathan for you I feel like there's like one more thing I was gonna say about Nathan for you, before we moved on. Oh, okay. Uh, and this, I mean, the man, the guy wasn't like that strange in in the rehearsal. But another thing that's so impressive and so key to to not only this but all like abso- absolutely productions is like all like across the board. Tim and Eric's awesome show. Uh, Steve Brule. Uh, how to with John Wilson yeah. is Joe Para an absolutely thing? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm some of sure the specials, that. like the Christmas tree special. Maybe, but I would um, almost include Joe Para in that wheelhouse. Sure, but I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is like they're so good at finding oddballs, like oddballs in society. Nathan Few thrives off of that shit yeah uh like the the gas station attendant who like drinks his son's his grandson's pee (laughs) or even like you mentioned the host of the hunk the the bachelor show yeah um he comes back in the fourth season and you kind of like he talks with nathan more and like even that dude who seems like oh yeah i'm just i'm a i'm a young handsome guy who's trying to break into you know television stuff he's also very weird (laughs) like even he is very strange (laughs) um and he just he so effortlessly pulls that out of people like he just knows yeah. how to get them to like sort of confess to these he's, things and i think it's be- pushes he pushes yeah. and pushes and does not let up yeah and yeah now i guess we can get into the rehearsal that's uh i guess the premise at least of the first episode is that uh <laughs> there's this guy who wants to he answered a craigslist ad that nathan put out um, incredibly cryptic about... one sentence <laughs> Craigslist ad. Yeah. Uh about like do you have do you have a secret that you've been wanting to reveal? And uh he wants to like tell his friends that he lied to them about having a master's degree. 
um, and he's really nervous about it, so they rehearse it. They rehearse what it would be like for him to tell his friend, and how they do this is by analyzing the person, by analyzing like the place where he would do it, and rehearsing it over and over again in all these different iterations with all these different kind of roadblocks and pitfalls and what have you's emotional turns. Uh, there's multiple times where you see Nathan working on like a a tree, like that the you know like if this then this or this yeah. and and like a branching tree. I forget like what you call like a that flow chart, like a conversational yeah, like a flow, flow chart. Flow chart. A, yeah. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. And God, there's a moment where you see it for like a a few seconds at like near the end it's so fucking it's it's so insane how how many branches there are on it it's fucking nuts um no conversational stone unturned yeah it's uh it's it's also incredible um it's it's very different from nathan for you but also very similar um in all like the right ways Mm -hmm. and uh I said this to you last night, but it's, it seems like, uh, and this is, uh, Kalia said this to me, like when we were watching the rehearsal last night, that it feels like a continuation of that last episode of Nathan for you, like kind of all the, the sort of personal touches, I guess. Yeah. Cause in traditional, I guess like traditional Nathan for you, it's, he's helping businesses try with these like kind of, you know, crapshoot ideas. Like what if we made (laughs) your frozen yogurt taste like shit? Yeah, like to, to draw in people's morbid curiosities it's like these sort of ideas that uh, that are like benign enough that people would actually try mm-hmm. but are also bad enough like like again the one that we watched is like the the uber episode where he's like do you want to have a conversation with your cab driver and most people just say no <laughs> and then like yeah. he pulls off to the side and he's like why didn't you read all the books about marine life so you could have these guys and <laughs> yeah. he convinces the guy to be like Oh uh, yeah, I, I killed I killed the shark. It was a great white. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think I think what's insane about the rehearsal, and I would love to know how much this is costing HBO to produce, mm. because it, it it it's very good about like staging its like its its reveals, like it starts out it, it's constantly like pulling the rug out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. I think, like, it starts out you meet the two guys. Nathan shows up at this guy's house. And he's having this conversation with him and he's like, yeah, you answered my Craigslist ad about this secret that you want revealed. And they're kind of talking about that. And then he reveals that (laughs) they've been, he's been practicing this entire conversation in a full scale set of his apartment that he had built because he had exterminators come in or electricians <laughs> or whoever yeah, and secretly uh, film this dude's apartment so they could figure out exactly how to build it. Yeah. And it just it just goes from there where every time like I I lost my mind when they were out like doing skeet shooting and he oh. said and he reveals that he they filled both guns with blanks so both of them would seem bad at skeet shooting so they could bond over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to pause it. I was like, I, I just, I sat there with my heads, with my hands on my face, and I just like, can you please pause this? And I just, yeah. I had to process it because it's, <laughs> it, it happened several times throughout the episode. I, th- I think the part that got the biggest reaction like that out of me was, uh, when he like was showing how he, uh, how he like incepted all the quiz show answers into him by like. <laughs> 
because he would like go on daily walks with the guy and then he revealed that like all these <laughs> random people that they would pass by would just like talk about the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> like the construction work and he's like oh that's a tall building and he's like yeah but it's not the tallest building in the world that'd be the Burj Khalifa in Dubai <laughs> <laughs> or the, I, I laughed at the I think it was like the the police scene one it was like yeah every day I'm mad at the Chinese for inventing gunpowder <laughs> yeah um or like yeah there's like the lady on the on the park bench she's like oh i just spilled this juice all over my dkn i don't even remember the name of dkny yeah dkny dress that's donna karen new york dkny (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it it, again like like nathan for you it's just it's impressive how fully committed he is like building these entire sets like you can see the guy as he like stands outside the bar set for this for the first time he's like he's like oh my god it's like it's exactly he's like yeah that he's like that's like exactly the same and he's like he's like oh even this painting it's slightly tilted to the side like you guys did i was like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) and then just the the fact that he like has these actors come in to be in the bar and the bar is equipped like with kegs that actually pour beer mm-hmm. and it's like he even got all the tears and the chairs in the same spot yeah yeah it's just yeah it, it was nuts and then it's just for a show this ambitious it still has that like emotional core at it that mm-hmm. like by the time i was done watching it i was like I was I was like we were both sitting there when when he started to like not confess to her about it we were like I was like on the, I was on the oh, edge of my yeah. seat I'm like are, is mm-hmm. he not gonna do it mm-hmm. is he not gonna confess this thing that they've been rehearsing for so long and when he finally did it was like incredibly satisfying to see because we've we've seen the rehearsals so many times mm-hmm. we're like okay how is this conversation gonna go down and of course like she was pretty normal about it was just like oh okay well um, i i feel bad that you had to feel that you had to you know kind of keep this from us but you know we we'd seen how it could have gone down you know yeah yeah the the ending of the episode they did a very clever edit where nathan revealed that he had basically i think you said inceptioned the trivia answers through these because i well, how do we want to do we have to like how much does this do we have to like set up for the it's like we'll just say that the guy core the guy who's doing the rehearsal mm-hmm. is very serious about bar trivia yes um to where when nathan asked him earlier he said you know oh if we planned ahead you know and just like taught you the the questions could you do that and he's like no i can't do that like we either have to like sacrifice the trivia or the confession or whatever so that's yeah. why nathan had to to the point do the to the point where like the quiz answers they were doing rehearsals and he didn't know the trivia answers and he like cared more about that than trying yeah. to find a way to get in this his confession yeah. which is that he he joined this trivia team and everyone else on the team has a master's degree except for him and he mm-hmm. basically has been lying about having that for like 12 years i think he said or something yeah. like that yeah and so he wanted to confess it and he was worried about the reaction of one of the team members trisha and that was like what the whole rehearsal was but at the very yeah. end nathan reveals that 
he basically supplanted all the trivia questions through these random encounters. Yeah. And they had the actor that Nathan had hired to be core go off on this like like I guess it would be an, a negative uh tree in right. the conversational flow chart. And then it cuts back to Nathan who says and like, "Well, you know, I I think you're a great guy." And then it cuts back to actually core. Mm-hmm. And the show doesn't let you see how core actually responded. And I Well, I don't No, I think the idea did, is I don't think that, he told him. I cuz that's how I took it is like cuz Nathan's even narrating when core is like not telling Trisha the truth and he's like yeah. he's like, "Oh, was, did we go through all of this effort and he's not even going to tell her." And then he finally did, and then it gets to Nathan, and I don't think he actually told Core. Oh, that's see, the way I, that I took it. I took it as, see, I took, I guess, I took it almost like in a more negative way. Like I took it like he did, he did tell Core, and then the actor delivered what Core actually said to him. Like maybe Core actually did say that, and the actor was like saying that because it. At the end, Core seems like he seems very like standoffish and pissed. Like, oh, really? Na- I thought he seemed kind of normal. Oh, because I mean, like, like Nathan was like, that. Nathan was like, "Oh, I think you're a great guy," and Core's just like, "Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that." He, I don't know from from that scene from watching okay. it, his body language seemed very much like Nathan actually did tell him. Okay. And I thought I thought the way that they edited that is like you, we actually didn't get to see how Core reacted. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it because that that the way that that was edited did like really throw me off. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'm yeah I think I'm gonna rewatch the ending, just to see. And then the way that the the because it was referenced earlier on, but like how the uh, pure imagination starts like playing in that <sighs> so perfect. It was. <laughs> it was I was like. We we both I mean we watched the entire credits like in silence as the mm-hmm. song played because it was just like like uh, like just it's it's again it's such a confessing I guess I guess it's like there are some stakes because it's been a lie that he's kind of been telling for like twelve years mm-hmm. but you know it's like it's a conversation that would take like five minutes that's I mm-hmm. guess in the grand scheme of things it doesn't seem like a huge deal. But the sh- the the way yeah, that the ended show t- up not being yeah, the way that the show takes these like microcosms of human interaction, mm-hmm. and he just blows it up on like mm-hmm. such a grand scale, that it's like compelling. Mm-hmm. I was like, almost like on the verge of tears when like the pure imagination started playing, and I'm like, God damn, it was so good. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, I wonder. I wonder, like, if that's the, the, like, the point is to, like, I feel like in a sense, obviously it was weighing on the guy, on Core, anyways. Like, Mm. obviously this was the thing he had been wrestling with. But I wonder if the point of rehearsing is to, like, it seems like that is going to enhance your stress and your worry. Like, where where if it wasn't for this, if he wasn't on the show, but he did decide... Like, say, let's say independently, Core just on his own was like, okay, I'm going to tell her. 
like kind of the same thing that he did it's just he didn't like rehearse it over and over again with all these yeah. different variables i feel like it would have been like a lot less stressful for him um, <laughs> but like hyper focusing on this just because of how human brains work like sure they did positive paths they did negative paths you're gonna focus on the negative mm-hmm. and so i think it, it really makes you focus on like these the bad variables and yeah and maybe that's it like that it is just kind of like a it did turn out to just be like a you know okay which makes me wonder if we're gonna get episodes because there's five more if we're gonna get episodes that have like those negative pathways yeah taken i wonder too because i feel like the scale or like the severity of these things is probably gonna ramp up a little bit because like i don't did you watch there's like a teaser for the next episode Mm -hmm. Yeah, was, was she's like, uh, this isn't my baby. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, okay. I wasn't totally because it seemed like it was interesting because yeah, it ended with that, but it showed him rehearsing. It showed Nathan rehearsing with both people in that conversation. Interesting. It because it showed him rehearsing with the girl who had the baby, uh-huh. and then with also with the guy, like separately. So yeah. is he? Do they? I don't. I. I. I um, wonder if, if like both of them, have. I don't responded. know. Responded. I'm. Yeah. Like both of them had something to say or something, <laughs> and he's rehearsing with both of them independently or something like that. Holy I, shit! I actually at the end of this one, I thought he was gonna reveal that like he had done that with Trish, like he already told her, and like he had rehearsed it with her or something like that. That'd be nuts. Know. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that if that does happen. Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious to see where this show goes and like how it handles these things because it's it's very good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's so so far another just like yeah it's it's essentially a in, in a way it's it's a transformation but a continuation of Nathan for you in like yeah. a really interesting way and like honestly like I you know I said Nathan for you is like one of my favorite shows ever but. I think this is like the way to go. Like you like transforming the the idea of it into this new thing is like I would rather have this than more Nathan for you, I think. Yeah. Cuz you know, why just like re, re repeat the same thing over and over again? Cuz even when you get to season 4 of Nathan for you, they really depart from the the main concept a lot. Like, like helping businesses. Yeah, there's multiple episodes in that season alone where he's not doing that it's same kind of like you know elaborate sort of weird setup things but it's more like there's one where he he's going on jimmy kimmel to promote the show but he needs a fun anecdote to tell for the audience to laugh at so the whole episode is him creating an anecdote for himself um (laughs) and and then yeah, there's like the there's like they do like a, a Nathan for you a celebration where it's just like a look back on the series and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, then there's still there's still a few that are more like the traditional route. But then there's also Finding Francis, which is a huge departure from the rest of the show. So yeah, maybe maybe that's why he en- ended doing that and decided doing this. Maybe he's just like you know I need to kind of move on and try something new. Yeah, and, and this is it and like holy shit so far it's, <laughs> like, it's very yeah 
it's it's very high concept but also like very human people mm-hmm. people are saying that it's he's doing his own version of uh schenectady Synec- new york synectic yeah 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 i, I, Which I, I saw that too <laughs> like I, I saw the movie a while ago but i was like yeah kind of like yeah he starts building like he, he builds like an entire set of like a city block of new york city or something like that and it's like mm. the scale is just insane yeah yeah maybe we won't talk about it well we'll, we'll see we'll probably might have to bring it up but we'll we'll at least have to do like a end of season yeah like, well, absolutely capper or whatever yeah so uh the next few weeks for for the audience be a little little weird so uh, I'm still gonna pull from the cup, mm-hmm. but next the next one that people are gonna hear is going to be a vault episode. Uh, you're gonna hear our episode, our pre pre duds episode on Ikiru by Ikira Kurosawa, uh, which we did high and low. So you've actually you've heard one of ours, but th- but this was our first Ikira Kurosawa movie that yes. we, that we had actually done after that we're gonna do a regular cut pull which is what i'll pull now um but then after that there's gonna be one or two more uh pre pre-made episodes we'll, we'll see we're we're running we're running out of our vault episodes so we're gonna have to kind of <laughs> much like nathan for you we're gonna have to transform the yeah the format of what of what is a vault episode <laughs> uh so yeah basically the whole month of august is gonna be a little wonky Again, next week for you, Ikiru. I think it's on HBO Max still. Go watch it there if you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, and then for the one after that we are going to be watching, the next one for us, the one's recording. In Dud's timeline B. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, nice. Another Another double up. Well, I don't know why I said it like that. We're going to be watching another... Oh, this is this is fucking perfect. It's perfect timing, actually, considering the next vault episode that's going to go up. We're going to be watching "Memories of Murder" from 2000, directed by Bong Joon Ho. <clears throat> I've wanted a reason to watch this movie. Hell yeah! Yes, dude. that's awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be great because uh, the next one after that is gonna be a uh, "Barking Dogs Never Bite." One of yeah. our <laughs> vault episodes. I think that was our first non-dud movie that we did for the show yeah um, yeah sparking dog so hey speaking of double ups you get a kira kurosawa and then you're gonna get two bong joon ho movies in a row hell yeah that's funny <laughs> um i think i have this one on the criterion blu-ray but i think this is on hulu um it is it's on hulu so you can go watch nice. it on hulu uh it's hell yeah. also rental on you know most everywhere of the big else ones yeah um so we go watch that there if you don't want to be spoiled for memories of murder from 2003 i scribbled on my on the little slip i thought it said 2000 2003 uh yeah these uh these these episodes come out every wednesday at uh 7 p.m est on in video form on twitch and youtube uh you can step in there join the conversation Join, start the conversation we'll say that because <laughs> uh, because i'll be there i'll be there waiting for any comments and just be like yes thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> uh and also uh same time in podcast form on spotify apple podcast and more 
we also have socials on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. I think that's it. Go follow us and just watch the show or whatever. Um, uh, we we need we need more positive reviews. We got one one. Bad yeah, we review. got a one star, <laughs> so, but so no. No written review, coward. If you rated us one star, I want to know why. Right? Yeah, legitimately. Um, but yeah, that one because we have so few. That one rating <laughs> dropped like three point seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless it's um. our Twitter fan who didn't like that we like we're not over the head over heels about Homelander, which yeah. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, that's not even <laughs> there won't be, there will be duds. That's yeah, that's a different show. But <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. With all that said, uh, thank thanks for thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We never say that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I am your I <laughs> am your heel. Yeah. With a chin that could kill. So what of it? <laughs> Gotta TJ. add in the pew pew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh TJ aka J Spot Jack Cheese and with me as always. Uh as always, I am your uh rat man hero. Uh Nick, <laughs> aka Dr. Funk on Twitch. The f- the foil to Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye.